Iowa everywhere. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, guys, CW Pod on location today. I'm sorry for the lack of video. We're doing our best here. It, I'm at an Airbnb in Memphis, Tennessee, and frankly, the Internet's really terrible. I wanted to be able to broadcast this, but not going to be able to do that. But that's okay. Uh, we are here on the podcast feed at the very least for you, and we are presented as always by our friends at Steeple Ridge Bourbon Baby. Love me some Steeple Ridge. I had a hell of a week. If you guys listened to two guys named Chris, did a just been a grind over the holidays. I had me a glass of Steeple Ridge on on Christmas night, and it it hit the spot, baby. New Year's coming up. Get yourself a bottle. I like the black label. White label's phenomenal too. You can't go wrong. Whatever you get, Pat and the crew out there at Steeple Ridge do an amazing job. Uh, we're gonna do a deal today where I, I've been wanting to have this guy on for a long time and just haven't had the opportunity. He will be a recurring guest, because I think that my friend Rob Gray, who covers Iowa State for us at Cyclone Fanatic and also over at the Cedar Rapids Gazette, he's just a just an interesting human. And uh, we'll, we'll cover more topics than what we're doing today. But Rob is staying with me in this Airbnb, so I'm like, well, Let's let's knock out a pod. And it unfortunately, Rob, it's it's ten o'clock in the morning. We we probably would have done a more entertaining podcast at midnight. Probably night, yes, probably. We'll do that again sometime. How yes. are you, man? Yes. Good to have you on. I'm doing okay and uh, good to be on. I know my mother-in-law will be especially pleased because this was touted as something that maybe was going to happen months ago. Yeah. Now we're, well, uh, now here's we're the deal. So Rob again, he covers Iowa State for us. And I think any of the, I've talked to the Iowa writers too, who have been on this show. It, it's been such a whirlwind. When you factor in what we went through in the off season, just as covering these teams mm-hmm. with the gambling investigation and then the conference realignment. And then it was like, bam, the season started. Yep. Like I, I, and then, like, usually it used to be, like, in December, you'd catch your breath. And it's just not the case there anymore. There was no catching your breath. Yeah. You yeah. have signing day. You have transfer portal. Overlap seasons of men's and women's basketball yeah. and wrestling now top five. Yeah. It's it's just been nonstop. So, I'm, I'm glad that we got to come down here and, and spend some time with one another. I wanted to – so, how long have you been a sports writer in our state now? 2000. I guess I did it at the Daily in the late uh, 1990s. So you're you're an Iowa about 25 years. But your background, you're an Iowa grad. What year did you graduate from Iowa? 93. Okay. And then Iowa State around 99. I didn't know that you had a master's. No, I have two bachelors. Oh, you have two bachelors. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought you just had a degree from Iowa. Broadcasting and film from Iowa. I realized I'd have to go to L.A. I had no interest in going to L.A. Now I've come to like L.A., unlike you. Yeah, I hate L.A. It's um, my least favorite city in America. It's a cool city. 
Um, Horrible. It's great. It's got uh, the mountains, a lot of great hiking opportunities. I can I can hike in southwest Iowa. You sure can. Not quite a scenic. You ever been to Nottoway Valley Park in Clarinda? It's beautiful. I'll tell you what, I've been to um, the, the beautiful state parks around Corning. Lovely. Icaria. Icaria. Yep. You ever been to Ledges? That's my favorite. Oh, of the Ledges area. is great. Yeah. Ledges Love is the great. Ledges over Ledges Boone. is great. But at any rate, I didn't want to do that. So I kind of wandered the world. <clears throat> taught some English, did a little bit of uh, when you say carousing with the world. What is that? A little bit of mean? carousing. You were in like Europe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Prague, um, Czech Republic, Czechia, whatever they're calling it now, um, and went to you know Budapest, Bratislava, Krakow. You know, saw the saw everything at uh, Auschwitz, which was you know sobering experience. Um, so learned a lot about myself. I'm still learning. But, uh, you know, decided since I, my grades had fallen enough that I got the broadcasting and film degree at Iowa instead of journalism, I had, had to come back to Iowa State to get the journalism degree. And uh, I'd figured out how to be a decent student by the tail end at Iowa. And uh, they carried that over to Iowa State and was a good student. And um, interned at the register and uh, got offered a job to stay there as a senior news assistant in 2000. And that's uh, kind of where it went from. And now we're there's there's a joke to be made here about having degrees in film and journalism. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not art history. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's not philosophy. The the one thing I always say like, with the journalism thing is like the, the thing that you need from that is like the law and like the process which I think that our industry really struggles with now. Yeah. Like that's where I, the the core of it, like I didn't I didn't take much from like how to become a writer from journalism yeah. school or anything, but it was the the bricks that you need to have to do this for a living. And not get sued. Yes. Or which not it, successfully sued anyway. Which is more important now than ever. Yeah, and a lot of people don't have any clue as far as that stuff goes. Um yeah, I'll give credit to Iowa State. I mean, in some ways, it, it was a bit, even then, of uh, there were some passe or maybe archaic kind of things being taught. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the law side of it, understanding what um, what you can say and, you know, and, you know the, the attribution you need and all the things that are important to be a professional um it was a it was a great education for that, and that just becomes ingrained then. Yeah, and I don't know if some of the well, some of the people come that are purporting to be journalists aren't had never even studied journalism, right? So um, they didn't have any of that um, any of that uh, instruction. But, well, that's uh, one of the things when we were when I was building Cyclone Fanatic that I we're not perfect, and there's plenty of critiques that it, that I would take. I mean, I. I often joke that we're not what you do, but like our podcasting or what we're almost like Fox news for Iowa state, just in the sense that like we want them to win. Like, and we're like yeah. Bloom and I are very, yeah. Yeah. But I always wanted to have like a really <coughs> strong, like journalism, you know, I want to respect the game, I guess is mm -hmm. what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Like we, we didn't want to be this blowhard clickbait, what, which is one of the reasons why, like, one of our, like, our first big move was to 
go and hire you mm-hmm. because we really want that credibility. We don't want to just be, cause it, it's, it's hard being an independent website that's called Cyclone Fanatic yep. back in the day yep. to be taken seriously. And we didn't name it, you know, it was kind of given to us when we got the site. Uh, but I don't know, like, I thought our biggest move was hiring you when we did. And then you went back to the Gazette for a while, which you're still there. Um, and, and we kind of share you, yep. uh, which is great. Um, they've been good partners and, and all that stuff. But yeah, like I, it, the, I'm just, I'm really fascinated by how this has all changed. I think back to even the last time we were sitting here in Memphis in 2017, that feels like an eternity ago. Yeah as far as this media thing goes yeah i mean gee, i remember the the press conferences i remember the uh what turning the helmets upside down yeah Adam Lazard. it's a huge deal yeah it was a big well think about it they'd come on the west virginia game i think notwithstanding in campbell's first season and gotten progressively better after really stinking that and that iowa game was horrendous in 2016 Yes. Oh, um, was it like forty-two to three? Or, yeah, and yeah. they just didn't look like they belonged on a field with anybody. <laughs> and uh, you know, they got competitive. You know, I, I think what Coach Campbell and his staff did was determine who was gonna, who were gonna be guys that were long haul guys, and then there were short haul guys like Lazard, Lanning, the the Marcel Spears, the guys who were leaders. Um, but they kind of shone the light and uh, showed who are guys that they, they're going to want to have back next year and who are guys who'd want to be like, you know, you guys should probably check out because you're already kind of checked out on the program. And uh, they determined that and they come back 2017. What an unbelievable season, you know, the Kyle Kemp game. Yeah. You know, you got Jacob Park, you know, go, oh, this guy can do everything. And he's all tricked out for the Texas game. That's a disappointment and ends up leaving the team kicked off there, whatever, whatever, whatever happened. And so you got this guy who's never taken a major college snap going to play at Oklahoma, get down big early. We had a game watch I went to. Drank a few beers, probably. I'm like, well, this game's over. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Kyle Kemp, down the I mean, they come back and win that game to beat Oklahoma, which was the thing I always said. The greatest achievement of Matt Campbell is Iowa State takes the field every game, no matter who they play, and you don't say, well, there's no chance they can win that game. And even in McCartney's best year, 2000, they got absolutely stomped two, maybe three times, maybe maybe all three losses, but at least two of them. And you knew they weren't going to beat Oklahoma. Kansas State killed them, I think, as well. Um, and, you know, the TCU game last year notwithstanding, I had to talk about a crazy year and talk about – that's the, the, the uh, I guess, the antithesis of 2017, the way they lost all those close games. Like they had a blueprint for how to lose them, and they said, we're going to check all the boxes. And then you lose a game 62. Finally, you get blown out, which hadn't happened for years and years and years, but you only gave up like 377 yards while giving up 62 points. Yeah. While you, while you got like 420 yards and a 14-10 loss to Texas Tech. I mean, it was just a bizarre season. To rebound like they did with the adversity that you mentioned, um, you know, the starting quarterback you expected, not there. Starting running back you expected, tailback, not there. 
one of the starting defensive linemen probably not there uh, one of the starting offensive linemen not there tight end who grabbed you know whatever four or five touchdown passes not there and yet this young team coalesces around an idea i guess a, a concept that hey we can turn this around again and, mm-hmm. and and they did it and it ends up here and again from memphis and in a very full circle situation yeah. so a theme that we've talked about with me and hassel on our show is the these bowl games right like i, I remember even when i started this like how big of a deal the bowl game was mm-hmm. especially mccarney put a huge emphasis you know they hadn't done that yep. so it was like this and we, we've had all this stuff happens right where um there's a million of them name image and likeness um we we start to see about 10 years ago guys start to opt out of these things we're now you know like for our iowa listeners out there if you haven't seen joe milton just opted out for tennessee like so tennessee's gonna be down like eight starters against iowa And and it's hard to like take them too seriously i've made the argument though that this one feels important for iowa state like this feels a little old school bowl game to me where it's like the whole team's pretty much coming back you're gonna have we're presuming that tampa is going to be out and and i think he should be i think it's a smart thing on on his behalf but like i don't know like to me like this actually matters for iowa state this is one of the outliers out there when you base on the fact that almost everybody's playing and all these guys are back next year you can build on that Oh, absolutely. And I mean, eight win seasons, I wrote about in the Know Your Foe piece that two Iowa State head coaches have um, guided teams to as many as eight wins three times, and that's Matt Campbell and Earl Bruce. You know, I talk about bowl games, that's before (coughs) the long drought preceding McCarney. Earl Bruce, of course, College Football Hall of Famer, led Ohio State to you know, a lot of success. Um, so an eight-win season is very important, I think. Um, to do it against a good Memphis team, a really good offense, I think a very suspect defense, um, that'd be big. I know Memphis is down a couple of offensive linemen, which could impact things as well. But, it's a big deal, yeah. yeah but but Iowa State's going to be down two secondary guys, which is an equally yeah, big probably, loss, yeah, I feel with, like. With Malik Verdon as well. Um, probably out. Yeah, because we don't of the know that he had. Yeah, Matt's a liar when it comes to injuries. So like anyone. Yeah, all all these coaches are just liars. They yep. just lie to you about injuries. Yep. If you haven't learned that by now, what? Start paying attention. I folks. think one of the greatest one was stringing us along when uh, Trevor Downing was out for oh, the whole God. year, and he was he was day to day or week to week, whatever it was the he entire was, season. He was day to day the whole year. <laughs> yeah. And that's you know that's you know their prerogative. I mean. Um, well, if they're not going to make them do injury reports, then yeah, what is Like they, the Big Ten is doing. That's kind of yeah. cool to see that that um, exists out it there. It should exist with all the gambling and like... Oh, yeah. Absolutely should yeah. be a thing. But it, it, yes, bowl games, uh, the luster is very much off bowl games. You know, when playoff, fortunately, it'll expand a little bit. Not enough, I don't think. Um, NIL, like you said, I mean, all this stuff, it, it behooves... Most players, if they if they if they have true professional aspirations that are realistic, to to sit out because it's just another game. I mean, you can talk about insurance policies and all that other stuff, but you know that's why Tampa. I mean, if TG Tampa decided to play, hey, I'm not going to get hurt. Great, you know. Yeah, that's I what he wants to do. Yeah. But absolutely, should not blame him for protecting 
himself. That guy's been... And Matt Campbell was very frank about that. You know, it's probably, you know, we talked to these guys and it's kind of, he said it was kind of like a lot of, like Reese Hall set out the Cheez-It Bowl against, right? Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame. Clemson, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame was, uh, yeah. Uh, But, uh, so, you know, it is, it is what it is. I mean, TV makes money off of it, but uh, (laughs) I think fans are a little bit... uh, you know, I heard you talking. It's not going to be like taking over Memphis with Iowa State like it was before. But I think a lot of fans are here and getting here. And it'll be a very good showing for Iowa State. And like like I said and like you said, it's imp- it's an important game for Iowa State. You know, another 7-6 and six versus an 8-5. and five, I mean, that looks important in that fact book or when you're talking to recruits. Hey, we're coming off an 8-win season. So, um, yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah, no, I, it's... What, what was the first bowl game you covered? Uh, okay. Shreveport. Okay. In Miami of Ohio, the game you oh, talked that. about just watching. Okay. That was like a big deal. That was a huge deal. The, the, the guy who ran the bowl had a margarita machine in the media room. Do you remember the old school media rooms? Oh yeah, they loved us. They had back all then. kinds of stuff. Oh, now they hate us. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think it's different here. I think no, it's different here though. That's why I it's always so say old school. I love Memphis. I expect somebody to be clattering on a typewriter yeah. in the corner somewhere. It's the like same one of these guy, guys who's been working on the bowl for since 1983. The same guy's been running it. Yeah, yeah. No, Memphis, yeah him since '94, I think. The director. Memphis like actually cares about this game. Yeah, we're like, I say it all the time. And I'm sorry, Jamie Pollard, if you're listening. I'd rather come here than Orlando any day. Yeah, yeah. Now, they've got some old school bull quirks too, but like, to me, like, it doesn't matter if you're in that game or if, if you're not in the playoff. Yeah. You just want to be in the best plot for your fans. Mm-hmm. And that's San Antonio. Yep. And even Iowa fans have been down there. Like, that's grade A. You can't beat it. Yeah, that's a great bowl. Yep. If not, for Iowa State, this is the second best option. Because you can drive here. Like, go to Orlando right now. The weather sucks there, too. It's a terrible er- er area yeah. where that stadium is. Like, it's it's just not a good place to yep. – it's a bad stadium. It. These Iowa State fans love coming down here and just walking around. They Beale can State. congregate in a yeah. fairly concentrated area, whereas Orlando is not a fun city. No, it's degree. horrible. It's horrible. I mean, it's I, almost I, as bad as LA. I loved it when I was a little kid, and I got to go to Disney World, and that was it. Yeah. that's like its own its own island, right? Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, this is great, and and, and no one. Next year, no one's going to be like, oh, Iowa State only went to the Liberty Bowl instead of... Uh, no, nobody cares. Instead of the, the Pop-Tarts. Tart- yeah. Instead of guaranteed... Guaranteed rate, I think Phoenix has its allure, but not on December 26th. No, it's a terrible... And, and it's right? A, you've got to be there. You've got to be there. It's what I've been telling you people. They don't care about the fans. This is about television. Yeah, yeah. It's the only reason you would have three games on December 26th. Yep. Yeah. It's fine. Like, good for them. They buy the rights. They're putting on these it was games. It's fun to watch them, too. Yeah, we I had mean, a great time watching that yep. game last night yep. here. I, I'm not – like, I'm pro bowl game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want people to th- take away, oh, well, I love bowl games. I'm down for putting five and seven teams in bowl games. But as Minnesota. fans and media, we have to realize what we're doing here. Yeah. And these are exhibitions for the most part. 
But I do think there's a sliver of like reality in this Iowa State Memphis game because of the status of both programs. They're 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 a pocket full of these games that really matter to these teams, and that's that's awesome. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, you know, we were joking on the way down as I did the driving from Ankeny to to Memphis. None of those guys helped you drive. No. Unbelievable. Nine and a half hours. So it was like working a long shift. <laughs> but there's a George Strait song it's about neither, that. Neither here nor there. But anyway, joking about putting on the early pregame for the Quick Lane Bowl, Minnesota and Bowling Green, and I told Connor Ferguson he's going to learn every freaking thing you could possibly know about Minnesota in the two hours leading up. And it was fun kind of doing that. And them talking about Minnesota hadn't won a game since October 28th. And I, that's insane. Off the top of my head, I say that's probably the Iowa game, but it might not be. Um, it, 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 you know, and, and then they're five and seven. They get in via the APR, I presume, and um, they win the game. You know, it, 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 so th- so they matter in a sense that they're fun. But th- it, look, bowls like a lot of college sports, it's a racket, and you know, there's a lot of money to be made. A lot of people. Not take, everybody but the players. <laughs> yeah, well. That's changing. Other than That's NIL, changing. And, 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 and I think eventually for the better, and to some extent already for the better. Not all for the better. I yeah, would argue I that there's a lot for the worse. Like I'm, um, I'm probably as moderate of a sports writer on this take as you'll you'll find, because I I do still see a ton of benefits to the actual student athlete thing, and I I wish we could find a way to keep that in the bottle, but I just like it's fair to them. But I just – I don't see it. Like, it's changed so much where, you know, back when Dan McCarney and Hayden Fry and, you know, the Bill Schneider, you know, like those guys, what were they making? Like, there weren't many Really making, good money, but, yeah, not, not, like, not there, like six, seven, eight, and ten million There weren't million many dollars. making a million dollars yeah, back then. Yeah, You know? And then we have these TV contracts that come in. And, and the NCAA, how much they rake in. You know, so, like, my – my bread and butter and what I do is the media stuff, the, the business side of this. That's what I'm very passionate about. So when I started in this industry, I was already into that. And Iowa State was pulling in like on a great year because they had that uneven TV contract with the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Half of Iowa State's games weren't televised then. Yeah. If you remember, they just didn't get picked up and you wouldn't make any money off of it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Texas and Oklahoma and Nebraska were on TV every week. And they were making – so Iowa State at one year, I remember reporting, they made like 4 or $5 million in TV money. Yeah. At that point, the scholarships are very fair. The players are getting a great deal hmm. at that point. The problem was when this giant money got thrown into this deal. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of look around and it's like, you know, all the soldiers on the front line who were – taking the hits and you know ooing and on the people in the stands oh wait a minute like my my position coach is making a million dollars now yeah and he could leave any moment yeah he because these contracts don't matter to the coaches mm-hmm. they can just blow them up whenever they want yep right it doesn't matter to them it's so one-sided and this is where i have sympathy to the athletic directors and these because what are they supposed to do Mel Tucker wins 10 games at Michigan State and fans are clamoring for you to give him an extension. So you do. Yep, yep. And then it's a 
it's a goddamn train wreck yep. after that. Yep. Yep. It, it um, but we just we jumped the shark as far as terms of revenue coming into the sport where it's just not being distributed fairly. Well, the powers that be were too greedy and um, unwilling to pave the way for something like this was going to come. I often say there's nothing like it in the world. If you're going to end up being a professional athlete in Europe, you go to sports academies that are also academic institutions. You do that the whole time. There's no college yeah. sports. You don't have to go and take There's geology. No college sports, <coughs> excuse me, anywhere. Yeah. Um, you still get a good education, yeah. but you have a sports emphasis because that's what's been identified as something you're really good at. And, and so the schools don't make a bunch of money off of it. It's not, you know, so many people are making so much money. And that's the problem. You start losing all these court cases because well, it's so unfair. And we started this. all the people who are making the money for the pe- people raking it in get just a scholarship. I, I mean, and, and when you're just talking room and board and an education, and then there, and then sometimes there wasn't much support. Out and of that, you horror stories about yeah. injuries and all this stuff. I mean, <clears throat> it's not if 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 coaches made uh, an average wage. Uh, it could be tenable to say, oh, yeah, well, well, you're just getting a scholarship and getting room and board and, and, and all that. But when they're making so much money and they can do whatever they want, leave whenever they want, and you've got the massive amount of money coming in from the ESPNs of the world, and the, and the NCAA was hoarding all this money all this time, refusing to do anything, knowing what had to be coming, which is lawsuits that they would lose again and again and again. My favorite is the farce of we need better facilities, which was true. Yeah. That was the arms race for the yeah. longest time. Why do they need better facilities, though? Because they can afford it because they're not paying their work. Yeah, yeah. Look at the NFL. All these colleges have better practice facilities than the NFL. Why is that? The NFL is the richest organization in the world. <laughs> One of. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, it's it's just crazy. They um, just need the... We're, we're getting they, they there. They need the basics. They and need I, the basics. And But I'll also, you know, as we wrap this thing up, like, I'm very both sides of here because I also don't think that the majority of these administrators and stuff are bad people trying to rob the players. I think a lot of them, you know, they took over and you know, they were raised in a world where it was one way and then things shifted dramatically. It's a little bit like your industry, the newspaper, you're, you're printing these classified ads, you're making a shit ton of money forever. And then boom, this thing called the internet comes and everything's different. And I, I, if it was easy enough to just flip a switch and make it right and make it perfect, they would have done that. I don't think they're trying to harm these players. Uh, you know, I, I, there it's a very tricky situation. I do think that they were just they like you said, they knew the way it was going and they were far too stubborn for far too long. They should have given a little bit 15 years ago and they probably wouldn't be in this spot now. Yeah, there's no question. And obviously the game was rigged from the start. Yeah. I mean, that's the situation they came into. Correct. The people who made these decisions have long been out of it. Yeah, and we're always uh, determining, okay, how can we make the most money? Yeah. So that's the situation they came into. And what they'd said is, well, we're not going to rock the boat. It's good for us, you know. Um, And it's easy to bandy about, oh, it's good for the sports, too, and the pure... There's nothing pure about somebody raking in many millions of dollars a year and can do whatever they want. And the main person who makes that windfall possible gets nothing 
except hey here's your books here's a bed to sleep in and oh, now we're going to give I mean? you your food too yeah you'll get that you'll get that and 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 you'll get this great diploma and we'll wish you well and we'll pay our next coach 12 million i mean that's I, the problem it, it's just in these staffs like i i uh, i was joking around with mccarney once about this on this very show like i mean the, like the staff now at iowa and iowa state is like three or four times bigger than what those guys had. Mm-hmm. Like, do they, listen, like, I get it. You're trying to run this giant organization. <laughs> there's 115 kids. There's so much that goes into it. I understand. Do we really need all these guys though? Like, do we really need all these quality control analysts? And you know, like that would be my, that's, yeah, that's there's a, a lot of fat to be trimmed. That's a good I'm, question. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, as long as you can, Take care of some people, and, and those guys aren't getting rich either. They by do. The way. No, those, but I mean they're doing okay. Yeah, I mean, they're doing okay. But yeah, those people in those jobs, those are generally stepping stone jobs or, or foot in the door type of jobs. It used to be like, oh, okay, you have your coaches, couple admin guys, and you've got a couple GAs. Yeah, kind of like a basketball staff, really. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, we've got well, we got the special teams analyst, we've yeah. got the assistant, thank the God, head coach, we've got thank the, God. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, dude, that guy's legit. I mean, there you go. There's your story for the Jordan Langs. Unbelievable. Well, again, we're going to do this again, especially now that football is kind of winding down. I think you and me probably have a bottle of Steeple Ridge and just turn the mic on some night. I want to hear about your. There's so many things I'd love to pick your brain on. We're both Vikings fans. We'll yep, do that yep, sometime. We'll yep. do your travels. You're. We always joke uh, for for the listeners that Rob and I have been colleagues for a long time and in good friends. And it's, we really couldn't be more different, which is what makes it kind of fun. It's something background wise, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. But we have a lot of similar thoughts and yep. we were both, um, deep thinkers and we like to debate and, and do all that stuff. So I, I think for some sure. night we just turn the mic on and just go. That sounds great. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks to Steeple Ridge uh, for for sponsoring us here, of course. Pick one up for your New Year's Eve. I just saw Iowa State sold out its game against New Hampshire at noon on New Year's Eve. Well, I know I'll be there. Jeez. Yeah. I don't think I will. We have to make up a family Christmas because of all the illness. So I think I might just let you fly solo on that one. Well, I had to fly solo at Florida (laughs) A&M a few years ago, and that was a... Oh, my God. That was the the hardest on Iowa State story I've ever written. Because it had to be. (laughs) We were were actually having a debate about, well, again, another podcast. But how bad that prom team was. That game was unbelievable. Plus, it started at like five, so it's going to bleed into. I, that's sort of why I remember it anyway. So it's going to bleed into what people want to celebrate on New Year's Eve. Awful. And instead, they just let this awful team come in and get confidence. And then by the by 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 the time Florida A and M was up, they're just hitting shot after shot. I no was, matter where they're firing from, it's just shot after shots going in, and they're laughing. And I didn't cover that game. I was yeah, so you and Jerry, you and. Yeah, you were like, yeah. Fuck that. Hit that. (laughs) Please, please go do that. I was so drunk by the end of that game. (laughs) I was like, I'm done. I'll tell you what, that was not a very, that was not a pleasant Pete Taylor media room experience (laughs) for anyone involved. There was a point where, uh, and this is how you know I'm getting old. I remember Cameron's, it was her first birthday party 
was the first game in Hilton I had missed in God. It was it was the first Big Twelve game I had missed in something like ten years, something like that. Yeah. And I don't miss many Big Twelve games because I try and beat all the games. It's, yeah, yeah. it's important for me to be present and be there. I don't cover the team day to day like you guys do anymore. But those like these bad non-conference games that just seem so irrelevant yeah. anymore. Like, it's just, we got to be there, but especially in the Otzelberger, the way it's rolling right they're going to beat all these teams by 40. Yeah. And there's only a few storylines you can take, but I'm, I'm ready for the Big 12. For sure. That's for damn sure. He's Rob Gray. Yeah, absolutely. Read his work at Cyclone Fanatic, also the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Buy a subscription, support our friends over there in Cedar Rapids as well. Uh, thanks for listening to us here today on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa Everywhere.